Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. A very quick warning just for a moment. What you're about to hear over the next, like, say, 90 seconds is going to sound like something that you've heard before and quite possibly heard on this show. It is going to feel like well-traveled ground. I totally acknowledge that. However, if you'll stick with me for a couple of minutes, I think we're going to get it somewhere new, and I think we're going to get it somewhere fresh. And I want to make sure you notice that there is, over the course of the last couple of years, a very important change seemingly taking place at UGA. And for a thousand different reasons, we haven't fully seen it yet. But I think at some point in time, everybody in the country may notice it before the year is done. There's an evolution behind the scenes that has been ongoing. And I think it works to the benefit of the Bulldogs before this season is done. So let me begin this conversation this way. I always like to kind of check and see what the national media is saying about Georgia. I try to listen to a part of as many of like the national podcasts as I can, right? It's just kind of a good way to hear what people are saying. Podcasts allow, that's one of the reasons why I love Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp. Podcasts allow for more room for discussion. Not everything has to be in like 30 or 45 second sound bites the way that it typically is on regular TV. You just have more time to expand upon opinions. You get the personality of those Speaking about college football, you get it a little bit more prolifically in a podcast format than you sometimes do on TV. An example of that is the ESPN College Football Podcast. They put the thing out, what, three times a week or something like that. They have kind of a rotational uh, group of uh, guests who show up there. One of those is obviously the very well-known analyst, probably the most famous voice talking about college football, Kirk Herbstreit. And this week, upon looking back on Georgia's win against Arkansas, looking ahead to what's going to happen this week against Auburn and everything that's going to happen after that, Herb Street and talking about Georgia gives the dogs a big compliment, but he also pumps the brakes on one thing and addresses what he believes is the one thing that could hold Georgia back from winning a national championship. It's a fair and honest point, and it sets us up for discussion today. This Kirk Herb Street from an ESPN podcast earlier this week. And then just Georgia flexing its muscles about how good they really are this year. You could make a really, I think, a strong case that they're the top team in the country. Oh, yeah. um, and and I, I think if they figure out, you know, the quarterback situation, that's the one thing that to me is kind of holding them back a little bit. They haven't had to win a game with the quarterback, but at some point they will. And where is JT Daniels in this whole thing with that lat injury? It seems like it's a literally a day-to-day thing. Mm. Will that go on all the way to Atlanta and the SEC championship, that kind of injury? Or will they give him two weeks or three weeks, just you're off, just go rest? Like they Dak Prescott, by the way, same injury, uh, different grade. I think mm-hmm. Dak was a little more serious, but same injury. And the only way Dak got over it was he didn't get the throw. He just he sat out you know, for three or four weeks. And you wonder if JT Daniels might be headed down that path. You have heard most of this before, especially the initial point that Herbstreit makes. Hey, Georgia may be the best team in the country, but what's going on at quarterback? It feels like that's the kind of thing you've heard before when it comes to UGA. However, there are a couple of aspects of this particular discussion that are a little bit different. Obviously, Herbstreit justifiably expresses some concern over the health of JT Daniels. We have said over and over again that Daniels' health matters, that the potential of a fully healthy Daniels later in the season is worth the risk of giving him some rest right now. In a weird way, I kind of hope he doesn't play against Auburn on Saturday. Even though the challenge of that game is made much more difficult if Daniels isn't playing, uh, the idea is by resting him now, you may see the benefit on all of that later. And it sounds like Herb Street kind of thinks the same thing on that. And national champions, if Georgia is eventually going to be one this season, they're asked to prove themselves over a multitude of ways in the season in which they win it all. And if one of the ways in which George going to have to prove its supremacy this season is by, in a tough spot, hostile road environment, win with its backup quarterback, then that's just what the task requires this year. There's always going to be a lot of adversity that has to be faced by a team that ultimately hoists the trophy at the end of the year. It's not easy to do this, and this is one of the ways it's going to be tough on Georgia. You may have to play significant snaps on Saturday and quite possibly maybe even after that at some point in time without JT Daniels. But if you do the hard work now to to win without Daniels, then winning with Daniels later on is made so much easier over the course of time. That's just kind of my opinion on that. However, however, 
You also get the sense that when Herb Street speaks about, hey, can Georgia really validate itself as quite possibly the top team in the country based on what it has going on at quarterback, you sort of get the sense that for Herb Street, he's talking about more than just can Daniels come back healthy. You sort of get the sense that Herb Street's also saying there, even with JT Daniels, is this a team ready to be the elite passing offense that that national champions typically are in college football? After all, Herb Street saw him last Saturday in Arkansas. He was the color analyst for that game. Georgia didn't have to throw the ball very much to beat Arkansas 37 nothing. But Herb Street was also the color analyst for the week one game against Clemson, where Georgia did throw the ball a pretty good bit against a very good Clemson defense and did not do it very effectively. So based on what Herb Street has seen with his own eyes as a witness in stadiums for games in which he's broadcasting, maybe he has some some justifiable reason to question Georgia's ability to throw the football. And this is the part where Boy, you just feel like this is well-traveled ground. Great defense. Uh, you can run the ball, but can you throw it? Just sort of feels like as Georgia fans or observers of Georgia football, media who covers Georgia football, it just sort of feels like we've all been here before. But here is very quietly where I think things are starting to change, where the philosophy, the evolution of the philosophy for Georgia on offense suggests at some point in time this year, we're going to see a dynamic version of a Georgia offense that maybe features both running the football and throwing the football. We're going to see that from Georgia in a way that we haven't at any point in time prior to this in the Kirby Smart era. And some of the proof of this, I think, goes back to last, uh, I guess it's Monday, when Kirby Smart was giving his weekly press conference. The genesis of this question is about the offensive line. Hey, did your offensive line take some pride in the rushing game success that Georgia had last week? And one of the things that Smart says is, you know, people kind of want to blame the offensive line when the running game's not going well. They tend to ignore how the offensive line's doing when it comes to the pass protection stuff. And that's kind of the way that Smart started his answer. And then he pivoted to this in terms of what Georgia or any college football team that's trying to move the football, what they see from opposing defenses. This may sound like something you've heard before, but I'm going to try to explain why this is actually a good bit different. This smart onset for from Monday telling fans how they should view opposing defenses, maybe starting this week, here's Kirby. If you watch college football today and you really do your homework and you actually study it and count it, like I know you guys – are really smart defensive coaches. But if you count the number of people that are at the defensive line, it'll tell you maybe how you should play them. And then when you watch teams across our league that play teams with six and seven DBs on the field, it allows you to have an opportunity to uh, do things differently than maybe you would if they have five defensive linemen across the front. And uh, I think that that's part of uh, being a good coach. So Kirby Smart says part of being a good coach is just looking at the defensive front and making your play call decision on the basis of what you're saying. That's a simple thing to say, but I think it's obviously true. And, you know, for those who follow like some of the social media guys who are big into like the football breakdowns like Warren Sharp, or Crispy Brown, guys like that, they've always said this, that, hey, if you want to watch football in a more intelligent way, when your eyes go to the play, don't start with the ball, start with the defensive alignment. Look and see what a defense is showing you up front and then use that to make an educated guess about what kind of play call you may see offensively on the basis of where the defense is lined up. That's just kind of the best way to start watching a football play. And I try to do the same thing because I've heard smart people say that over the course of time. And smart says, hey, watch this game against Auburn on Saturday. Count those defensive linemen and then make a guess as to what we're going to do based on the way we're being played defensively. And the truth is, I think in 2021, we probably do trust Georgia to look at the way that teams are lining up against them and try to do what is available based on the way that uh, opposing defense is lined up on you. Let me tell you something. That was not always the case here at UGA. Now, a lot of Georgia fans in this smart era, despite the fact this was a successful time for Georgia football, I think dealt with a lot of frustration that no matter how stacked the box was, no matter how many defensive linemen, linebackers there were between the two offensive tackles, it seems like Georgia was still going to be very committed to running the football no matter what. All of a sudden, now you hear Kirby Smart saying, listen, if we see you know, uh, kind of a thin situation up front defensively, then we're going to try to run it. But if we see a bunch of guys, five defensive linemen, linebackers creeping up towards the line of scrimmage, that's our invitation to throw. 
That's what Smart says about his offense right now. That's the influence seemingly that Todd Munkin's having in this program, and it is a big departure from where Georgia has been in the past. If you don't believe me, listen to Kirby Smart talking about a very similar topic back in 2017. This is from October of 2017, almost exactly four years ago. Listen to how much things have changed. This is Kirby. I keep telling y'all, it's hard to run the ball in this league. And early, you got to earn it. You got to get the hard yards. You got to pound it. And you got to chop the wood. I mean, if you just keep chopping, it'll usually pay off in the fourth quarter, especially with the backs we got. Hard yards, pound it, keep chopping wood over and over again into the fourth quarter. Now, don't get me wrong. I love keep chopping as a phrase. Back in 2017, I guess I, you know, enjoyed seeing that plastered all over the place. As kind of a catchphrase, keep chopping is really, really fun. But as the bedrock foundation for your offensive philosophy, the last few years in college football have proven that does not work, that you can't keep chopping over and over again, no matter how many guys they keep throwing at the line of scrimmage, because that only invites the defense to throw more and more guys to the line of scrimmage. And you have the offensive futility that Georgia lived through in 2019 as the result of all of that. Todd Munkin is influencing this Georgia offense. Maybe we haven't fully seen it yet because of the weirdness at the quarterback position at the beginning of last season, Jamie Newman's opt-out, the fact that JT Daniels wasn't ready to go until the near the end of last season, and now here in the 2021 season, Daniels, I guess, has just about played less than he uh, has missed more snaps than he's played or you know, you know, something along those lines. Uh, we haven't fully seen everything that George is capable of doing. They're also incredibly banged up at wide receiver, maybe more so than they ever have been at any point in time under Kirby Smart. There's a lot of personnel that's been missing from this Georgia offense. But don't let that distract you from the fact that philosophically, I would say this offense is right exactly where it needs to be. And for someone like Kirk Kerbstreet to go back to what he said off the top of the program a moment ago, I got questions about quarterback for Georgia. Listen, I can't do anything about JT Daniels' health. Maybe he gets healthier, maybe he doesn't. But what is, if I'm Kirby Smart, in my control is what I do philosophically. Do I let go and let Todd? Do I let go and let Todd Munkin run this offense the way that a sharp offensive mind wants to? That seems to be happening right now. And if Georgia can just get a little bit healthier at some point in time, the kind of offense that answers the questions, the kinds of guys like Kirk Kirk Herbstreet have, I think we may see emphatic answers to those questions eventually before this season is done. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Meriwether and Tharp, and glad to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We get going at 9.45 at dognation.com and on the Dog Nation app for our first and 15. Always a great way to do kind of a pregame show for the regular show. That's a fun thing to do on video. Of course, on the radio at noon every single day on Athens Sports Radio 960, the Ref podcast, the Apple Player, Spotify, the Google Player, uh, gosh, I don't know, all, all the other podcast platforms there as well. Some of you listen right there on SoundCloud. Some of you wait for me to post it at dognation.com. However you get to the show, man, I just really, really appreciate you being here. So, so grateful for all of that. Also, a big thanks to our friends at Meriwether and Tharp for making the show possible. They're your source for Georgia divorce. I know divorce is kind of a scary and confusing thing, and you know it's kind of an unpleasant thing to even think about. But here's the thing. Like, I really believe in you know, giving you access to information that it allows you to enjoy a very, very happy next season of your life. And doing what's hard now to set yourself up for more happiness later on, I think that's a pretty important trade-off to be able to make. So if you find yourself in the situation where your relationship is just clearly coming to an end, you've tried to do what you can to save the relationship, it's just not working, then make the decision to allow Meriwether and Tharp to work for you and be your advocate, be your ally. Explain to you how the law works to your benefit and how it can help restore your finances or relationship with children and all the things that are, are so important that are kind of an offshoot of the divorce process. Meriwether and Tharp understands this from kind of a, a legal technical standpoint, but also kind of an emotional standpoint there as well. They have been through this thousands of times, divorce cases, similar to yours, different mirrors, everything else. They've gained institutional knowledge and, and, and memories and, and, and important insight through all of that experience. They're going to put that experience to work for you. Yes, your situation is specific to you and you've got individual circumstances, excuse me that's a, a little bit of an unusual sneeze for me but the point is uh, is yes you've got things that are, are maybe unique to your circumstances but Meriwether and Tharp can still explain to you how the law works for you and set you up for a very very enjoyable next season of your life by doing what you need to do right now so check them out online the Atlanta Divorce Team.com the Atlanta Divorce Team.com Meriwether and Tharp is your source 
for Georgia divorce. All right, we have a very fun show. Before we're done today, we're going to catch up with the terrific former Georgia running back, Veron Haynes. Now, we're going to do this for a couple of reasons. It's the 20th anniversary this week of the Hobnail Boot Game. I was actually told this when I was on the radio with my friends on the morning show there from 960 The Ref. Uh, they, they told me that this week, which I thought was kind of a cool look back. So we'll speak to the guy who caught the touchdown in one of the most memorable games in certainly the 21st century of Georgia football. We'll talk to him about that. He's also got a terrific uh, running back as a son, UGA Legacy Justice Haynes on Peachtree TV and CBS46.com Friday night. We'll preview that big game with uh, Veron Haynes, the father of Justice Haynes here before we're done on today's show. That's going to be really good. Of course, our buddy Terrence Edwards also here in a couple of minutes there, too. So it is a loaded show for us. And for a moment here, let's also go around the doghouse. It is uh, presented today by our friends at Serve Pro. And you know, one of the comments I heard during our first in 15 today is, of course, we do that at 945 in the morning on dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. Ah, B.A., there's just so much praise for Georgia. I'm worried about getting ambushed against Auburn on Saturday. And I have said on this show this week that, you know, listen, there's a certain superstitious part of my mind as a Georgia partisan, as somebody who wants to see Georgia win the game against Auburn and win every game that it plays. You know, there's a certain part of all of that for me that I have to at least consider all the bad stuff that could go wrong as a way of, you know, hopefully – kind of putting that to bed and kind of defeating the power that you know those evil thoughts have by at least considering them and that way you know you kind of you know give full credence to all that maybe you'll go out and win the game that you're supposed to it's kind of a silly superstitious thing but it seems like fans kind of operate that way a little bit and so in I guess honor of those who are like oh too much praise too much we talked about rat poison earlier this week too much of all of that I want to let you hear Kirby Smart on this topic here for a moment you know Smart was asked directly going back to Monday you know, do you worry that your defense, who's obviously statistically as as good as any we've seen in college football in recent years, do you worry that they have a tendency to just kind of listen to this kind of stuff too much and they might kind of buy into that praise a, a little bit too much? Read their press clippings is the way it sometimes get phrased. And Smart gave a pretty thorough answer to all that. This is Kirby on the topic of the praise coming the way of the Georgia defense right now. Well, they're definitely going to read them. I mean, there's no stopping what they see on their phones. Um, so that's not – they're going to read that. Is, is, is it going to affect them? Is it going to poison them? I hope not. Um, I certainly hope not. I think uh, the standard of being elite is what keeps them from becoming poisoned. And when you compare yourself against greatness, there's a certain standard you have to reach, and it kind of supersedes the opponent. And when you say, I, I want to be great, and what does great look like, and you see pictures of that, and you see stats that reflect that, that's what you're trying to emulate, and you're not trying to make it about who you're playing. And it's always about who you're playing, because you have to talk about their personnel and what they do. But the buy-in from this group has been good. The cohesion, you know, and, and like I said, like, who's the superstar? I don't think you could name one superstar really on this whole team. So when you have that, you have a lot of guys that buy in. I think personalities outside of our world and our family want there to be a superstar, want there to be one person, but there's not, not on this team, because it's done by committee across the board, special teams, defense and offense. It's done by uh, a lot of guys that, that are connected and care about each other. Let me make a couple points on what Smart says there for a moment. Let me try to put a positive spin on the level of praise the Georgia defense is getting right there. When Smart says, hey, there's no superstar in this unit, there's no superstar on this defense, I think there are a couple of different ways in sports to have no superstar, right? Let's think about a league where superstars really matter, like the NBA, right? If you're watching, I mean, I've grown up a Hawks fan. There have been a lot of years when I've watched the Hawks, I'm like, wow, there's just no superstar. Man, there's just no superstar. No, no guy that can put this team on its back. Like, that's one way not to have a superstar. But there's also, like, the 92 Dream Team, where everybody's a superstar and you're watching the play and you're like, man, I don't know who the superstar is because everybody's the superstar. Like right now, Georgia's no superstar on this defense. Right now, the reason why that's true is because there are so many people vying to be the superstar that it ends up feeling like a defense by committee. And this is a distinction that makes a difference because when you got, you know, defensive linemen like Jordan Davis, Devontae White doing what they're doing, outside linebackers like Adam Anderson, Nolan Smith doing what they're doing, N'Kobe Dean doing what he's doing in the middle, Channing Tindall doing what he's doing in the middle. When you've got all this going on, all of a sudden, that's enough superstar level players, and I'm sure there are more names that I could have mentioned that I didn't, 
that's enough superstar level players that if one guy's having a bad day, if one guy's hobbled, if one guy's whatever, then the person, you know, I'm not saying this Georgia defense is the 92 Dream Team, but a la the original Dream Team from the Barcelona Olympics, you've got somebody else that can just kind of slide in right there and take an extra load on the shoulders because you've got multiple guys kind of vying to be that superstar type guy. And right now, that's what I think you see from the Georgia defense. It's one of the reasons why I'm not that worried about, oh, this team's going to read its press clippings. Oh, this team's going to fall prey to brat poison. I'm not that worried about that because the sheer number of people that can pick up their level of play or keep their level of play high, even if one guy just, you know, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but even if one guy just decided to prop his feet up and not be the guy that he's been for the final seven games of the regular season, he was for the first five, that still leads you with a lot of guys who seem to be very, very intent on maintaining their intensity. It's the sheer numbers of high-level contributors that make me less worried about falling prey to what some Georgia fans would say they worry about with the praise that Georgia's gotten coming off that Arkansas game. Plus, here's the other thing. This is a quick final point. I think sometimes we think of rat poison, you know, buying into the hype as the kind of thing that upends your motivation like you're not going to be motivated because you've already gotten the praise that you seek but there's a different way to look at this all of a sudden it doesn't become the kind of status that you've earned but it becomes a title that you want to defend and once again that's a distinction that makes a difference it's not a static situation of hey you're the best defense ever okay well I guess we've proven that it's hey we've been told we're the best defense ever then it'd be a shame if we didn't go out and play that way against Auburn. It'd be a shame if we didn't go out and play that way against Kentucky. It'd be a shame if we didn't go out and play that way against uh, against Florida. Don't be so quick to assume that the praise thwarts your, your, your motivation. If anything, it's the kind of thing that you get addicted to it and you want to keep hearing it for the rest of the season. If you don't believe me, listen to Channing Tindall on a similar topic. Here's the Georgia linebacker. We don't focus on defensive rankings. When you start paying attention to like what you are in rankings or not, like that's when you start maybe getting a big head. It's not paying attention to the goal at hand. So like we play each and every team like it's a championship game. It doesn't matter like who's out there. We're trying to put our best foot forward. So we focus on our ranking there. Like it's we're not even halfway through the season yet. So like each and every game, we gotta prepare it. Like we are the number one defense in the nation. So like it doesn't matter like what like what the ranking is now we trying to do, put our best foot forward every time so listen to what Channing Tindall says there he says we want to be like the number one defense each and every time we play we want that level of motivation with all of that and that's the kind of thing that leaves you motivated not because you've you've been praised and you've earned it but because you have been praised and you want to keep earning it again over and over, week after week after week. That is Around the Doghouse. It's presented today by our friends at Serve Pro. And listen, for those of your homeowners, and we obviously you know, uh, understand the just everything that goes on with when it comes to being a homeowner and sometimes the stress and the pressure that you can deal with with all of that. And one of the most, I guess, stressful things you can go through is if you see damage to your home. It's not just your most important asset. It's also one of the things you have the deepest emotional connection to. So when you see... And a lot of times this is damage caused by fire or water intrusion or anything like that. When you see that going on or when you when you experience that with your home, you can be fearful. Well, gosh, well, is this ever going to be fixed? Am I ever going to feel at home again in my home? Well, that's where Serve Pro steps in because their restoration specialist can repair that damage and make your home look like it never even happened. And that is obviously such a valuable resource, and it's the thing that Serve Pro has been doing for its clients for a long time. Each and every uh, Serve Pro uh, franchise is independently owned and operated, which means you're going to get that local family-oriented service when it comes to the fire damage, the water intrusion, the things that you're dealing with. Serve Pro ready to take care of you on all of that. So please check them out online. It's servepro.com. That's the website, servepro.com. For your water damage, your fire damage, the damage you have around your home, they can repair it like it never even happened. Check out Serve Pro online at surfpro.com today all right that is around the doghouse it is dog nation daily want to get more now into what we expect to see happen on uh, saturday against auburn how much praise is this georgia defense getting what does that mean for the dogs on saturday and of course everything else on both sides of the ball with the deep south's oldest rivalry looming let's talk to terrence edwards right now here on dog nation daily presented by merriweather and tharp from Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. We will say hello to Terrence Edwards here. Always great to have him on the program. And Terrence, you know, you're an athlete that got a lot of praise and, you know, get, get a lot of attention from time to time. 
there are some Georgia fans who've been concerned that maybe this Georgia defense right now has been hyped up too much. We're all familiar with the idea of rat poison, you know, the idea that you would read the hype that's out there. And what I said a moment ago is, is that I wouldn't be so quick to assume that it, that's the kind of thing that thwarts your your motivation. There is something to be said for that becomes this belt that you want to defend each and every week, that you want to go out there and show people how good you are each and every week, that being told you're the best doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing if you keep going out there and showing people just how good you really are. I mean, as a player yourself, where do you come down on that? No, I want to be the best. I want to be considered the best. Uh, if I don't want to be the best, uh, then I shouldn't play. And this defense should embrace people saying that they're the best defense since uh, how many years down the road because that's as motivation to them. Let's continue putting on the show. Let's continue to show people uh, what this Georgia defense is about. You know, it's going to be a different test each week. Uh, the Auburn is going to prevent present a different challenge than the uh, Arkansas did last week. So each week is a different challenge that this team, I think, and we'll get up for. I, I love the leaders on this team, especially defensively, that they're going to go out and not read the, clip, the, the press clipping and, pro- and prove people that they are the best defense. I think they want to be the best defense. So they're going to relish in the moment and take this with a grain of salt and keep going out and playing Georgia football. We talked about your 2002 SEC championship when you were on the show last week. That team had a great defense, Thomas Davis, David Pollock. You could go on and on about those names. So you've seen good defense up close and personal. I mean, how good do you think this Georgia defense is right now? Uh, I think they're playing the best defense uh, that we've seen this season. I mean, you just think about the front seven. Uh, We all thought that the back end would be – the weak point, but once you have a, a strong front seven like we have, you don't have to cover that long. Uh, if so, if that front seven continues to get pressure on any quarterback, that's going to lead to interceptions. That's going to lead to three and outs. That's going to lead to great field position. So if this that front seven continues to get pressure uh, with five uh, man pressures, then the back end uh, will be successful, and that won't be a weak point because they won't get tested. Uh, but they just got to keep. Uh, playing the way they're playing, I think the coaches won't allow them to uh, do anything else but play Georgia football. So neither one of us are doctors, so this is kind of a loaded topic to even get into, but it's not stopped me from speculating all week long, and I'm honestly curious what you think about this, that you know, it sounds like JT Daniels is you know banged up. Banged up to the point, obviously he didn't play last week against Arkansas, but he's also been limited to practice for maybe the first couple of days of this week too. Very limited on Monday, maybe a little less so on Tuesday, but still not really a full participant it doesn't sound like based on the words of Kirby Smart. You know, Terrence, it's not easy to win on the road against a ranked opponent in SEC play with a backup quarterback, but I think that's just what Georgia has to do right now and I think you've got to do whatever it takes, I believe, to give Daniels the rest that that he needs in the hopes that he's healthier later on. I think you want to try to eliminate this as a discussion point if you can. And if you have to put your team at risk by playing with a backup quarterback, then so be it. Every national championship is hard to win. This is just part of Georgia's adversity. This is just part of the difficult task of, of winning this year for Georgia. But I don't think you can do this thing where he's practicing some of the time, playing some of the time, and allow this to, to linger unabashedly baited throughout the rest of the season I think a a less than fully healthy Daniels later in the year that's the thing to me that I think would make winning a national championship for Georgia so much more difficult how would you handle Daniels if you were in the spot that Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin find themselves in right now uh that's that is a loaded question so I would say this if we didn't have a proven backup that has started games and quality games and was a starter at one time then I, I would say Daniels have to suck it up and go and play for his team. But when you have a proven backup that has actually won SEC games, big-time games, played in stadiums like last year at Bryant-Denny and had the number one team, I think we was up three going into halftime or 24-24. So he, the moment is not going to be too big for him. Is he the better, the best quarterback out too? No, I think JT Daniels is the better quarterback. So you have to get him healthy. If you have to sit JT for the next – two weeks per se, then I would do that because you would need him down in the stretch run. So I would definitely continue to play Stetson if JT is not 100% because you're going to need him 
uh, later on in the season. I get the impression that Georgia's going to probably have to throw it more against Auburn, maybe than it did against Arkansas. That I, I, I think Arkansas is a better team than Auburn, but I think Auburn probably has better defensive personnel, which means that you know you probably need more from your offense this week than you had last week. And you know, as you said before, I mean, I think that in a lot of ways Bennett's earned some confidence by how he's played when he's been called upon, but. But the idea of the way that Georgia won last week against uh, Arkansas, I don't quite think that can replicate itself against Auburn on Saturday. Do you agree with that? I think so. I think, uh, you know, Auburn defense uh, is a little different uh, than Arkansas defense. Arkansas plays that 3 3 5, uh, where it, it, you know, it's rushing three, dropping eight, and it's a little difficult to throw the football on them. Let's just call a spade a spade. We didn't throw the ball 11 times just because we couldn't. We threw it because. It presents a different challenge, finding zones. Uh, so running game was, was that focal point of the week. I mean, you heard Kirby and everyone said that we had to be patient against them. And when you run the ball for six yards a clip, then you've got to continue to run. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I think we're going to be a little bit more balanced uh, against Aubrey. You're going to have to. Um, they play a different front. They play a four-man front uh, and try to bring four and five uh, different pressures that we're going to have to rely on our past games to be able to either bring a safety down in the box or keep a safety uh, in the back end. Uh, so it's going to present a different challenge. But I love what Kirby said last week. Whatever offenses, a game plan we need for different weeks, if that's running or passing, we need to execute that game plan to the best of our ability. Kirby Smart uh, said earlier this week that he's maybe never seen Georgia more banged up at wide receiver than it is right now where you've got guys that you keep hope are coming back and they've been kind of, you know, slowly working their way back in that situation. But, you know, just missing a handful of guys to the point where you almost only have enough when you think about playing three at a time and only having maybe six or seven healthy that you don't have extra wide receivers right now. I mean, as a receiver yourself, what do you make of Georgia's kind of lack of depth right now just on the basis that they're just not very healthy? Right. I just think it's not lack of uh, talent. It's just a lack of uh, availability. Uh, I think I read with Kieris, uh is banged up again. Uh, Aaron Smith is banged up. We know George is not there. Uh, so, But the guys that are there got to make plays. You still had – you still have Jermaine. You still have Lat McConkey. You still have uh, uh, A.D. Mitchell. Yeah. So you still have some talented guys, but those guys there, it's not those guys who worry about it. It's the, it's the guys that's coming in to rotate with them just to help them make plays. And, you know, I, I, I talked to my man Justin Robson this weekend, you know, got on him a little bit about two drops that he had okay. this weekend. He, he promised me that he's, you know, he said, that's not me. I'm going get, to get it right, and I believe him. So, He's the guy that has to step up. Uh, there's a lot of guys that have to step up. Uh, it's good to have Darnell Washington back yeah. in, into this mix. Uh, now, he can also take some pressure off those receivers. Now, we have really two good tight ends that can control the middle. So, we have weapons. It's just now we just can't afford to get anyone hurt uh, yeah. any more, more than we have right now. I love the message to uh, Justin there and the fact that you're interacting with him like that. A good coach never stops coaching. And I guess with that in mind, i got to ask you about this. I saw our buddy Rusty Manziel tweeted this out earlier this week. Georgia League Classic coming up uh, later on this year. A great high school football all-star game. And my intel leads me to believe we're going to have brother versus brother as a uh, coaching matchup here. Did I see this correct? Are you coaching against Robert, your uh, brother, the great former Georgia running back, who was a huge part of the uh, Auburn win, win against Auburn back in 1996, 25 years ago? Is it brother versus brother for the Georgia Elite Classic coming up? Yes, it is. It is brother against brother. Uh, Robert and I, uh, Russ has been trying to get this for a few years now. and The timing is right this year that Robert and I will be coaching against each other. And I can tell you this, the younger brother will win. Yeah, please tell me there's a nice friendly bet here on all of this. Uh, the younger brother you say is going to get the win. Uh, there, there's got to be a, a meal on the line here. You know, some sort of uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know what brothers do in a situation like this, but there's got to be some bragging rights on the, uh, at stake here, right? Uh, actually, we saw each other last night at our kids' football game, and it didn't come up. But I'm sure once we get close to December, uh, it will come up. Uh, I think you know my parents will enjoy it and this game, and I don't know who they'll cheer for. Uh, one time, I, I can tell you a story, one time we was playing against each other in the Canadian Football League, and my father was there, and we both play offense, and when uh-huh. I was on offense, my father would have my team hat on, then when Rob was on offense, he put Robert's team hat on, so I don't know how 
they're going to do this. Maybe my mom will sit on my side, dad sit on the side, I flip a coin, I don't know. But they will be a friendly wager, and I'm, I'm fully confident that, you know, I, I will have, even though he's been a head coach longer, uh, and he understands how to go, but, you know, I'm going to do my best to, to bring my household, the younger brother Edwards, a win in this, and I can let him know that I, I will be 1-0 against him in our coaching Right. I love it. I absolutely love it. Of course, a lot of folks who are listening know this already, but we talk about your coaching prowess all the time. But your brother Robert's a terrific high school coach here in the state of Georgia, has had great success, and also a personal coach there, too, working with running backs, things like that, the position that he clearly has a, a lot of knowledge of. So he, much like yourself, someone who's deeply entrenched in the high school football scene here in the state of Georgia, in all seriousness, it is actually a really cool thing for the Georgia Lake Classic to kind of have the two Edwards brothers kind of lining up there as as uh coaches here this season so that's good stuff terrence and before we let you go remind folks how they can get in touch with you and be a part of that wide receiver academy and the wide receiver training that you're doing each and every week with you know guys who are on the georgia roster now or guys who hope to be on the georgia roster someday in the future or guys who just want to be better at the high school level how can they get in touch with you oh before that i'm gonna give a shout out to my brother with his raiders have been five and one and had a big win last week that's right against river ridge who want the uh Regent last year and was ranked number four in 5A, I think. Robert took him down 44 to 15, I think, the score. So he's doing an excellent job over there at Riverwood he uh, he since, he, since he's been there. Uh, but if anyone wants to uh, contact me about their sons or daughter uh, looking to become better receivers, you can contact me on all social media platforms at Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy. Terrence, great stuff. Thanks for being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. We will look forward to talking to you soon, all right? Uh, thank you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, really good stuff there from uh, Terrence Edwards. He said uh, Robert Edwards has become a great high school football coach in the state of Georgia. And to me, one of the most underrated Bulldogs of all time. As I said before, you know, uh, Kirby talked this week about the 1996 game for Georgia and Auburn. Robert was a big part of that. Robert goes on to have a great year for Georgia in 97. Ends up becoming a first-round pick, as many of you are aware. Suffers an awful, awful injury that cut his NFL career short. When you think about great running backs of all time in Georgia, I think you've got to put Robert Edwards' name near the, the the top of that list. And sometimes maybe he doesn't show up as high on some of those rankings as I think he possibly should. So uh, fun to think about Robert and his brother Terrence going back and forth in this all-star game later on this year. Georgia League Classic going to be a ton of fun. By the way, speaking of great Georgia running backs, we'll talk to Veron Haynes here coming up in a couple of minutes too. Before that, let's get ready to do our BetUS best bets here for a moment. Of course, BetUS been taking care of their clients more than 25 years. Top player perks in the industry that's how you last so long that's how you become america's most beloved sports book also right now and use the promo code dn125 as an initial sign up bonus you get a 125 percent bonus that's why the promo code is dn125 the dn stands for dog nation the 125 stands for the 125 percent bonus that you're going to get with all of that so go to betus.com use the promo code dn125 and get yourself 125 percent sign up bonus when you first get going there let's show you the big card for saturday a lot of games i want to bounce through a couple of these here really quick uh i, I looked at the number for georgia auburn georgia a 15 point favorite on the road against auburn on saturday i wanted to see how georgia had done recently against ranked teams on the road in sec play and i wanted to try to find instances where georgia like it is on saturday is a double digit favorite the only game i could find and sometimes the the database search on stuff like that is a little bit of an inexact science to be completely honest with you the only moment i could find in recent georgia history where it was a double digit favorite on the road in sec play against a ranked opponent was actually last year at the end of the season against number 25 missouri georgia's a 14 point favorite covered that number by winning 49 14 overall in georgia's last five instances of being a road favorite on the road in sec play georgia's actually four and one against the spread in its last five instances there in that spot so the trend kind of favors georgia here in terms of how it's performed favored on the road against a ranked team in sec play uh so think about georgia minus the 15 there that number's also changed a little bit arkansas against Ole miss rebels back at home six point favorite i'll say this real quick both these teams too of the best teams in the country against the spread prior to last week. Arkansas blasted by Georgia, Ole Miss blasted by Alabama. Prior to that, though, Arkansas had been 4-0 against the spread with an average margin of cover of more than 13 points per game. 
Ole Miss had been 3-0. They had the bye week prior to Alabama, and their average margin of cover was more than 10 points per game. So both these teams had been very good against the spread. This is simply about who bounces back better, and this is where the get-your-popcorn-ready statement from Lane Kiffin last week I find to be a little bit problematic. Did he really think he was going to put on a popcorn-worthy show against Alabama last week? A good, smart, mature coach would have known differently. I don't think that Sam Pittman had any misgivings about how his team was likely to play against Georgia. I think he knew he was in trouble. Pittman being a mature you know, coach with a mature coaching staff, I think that Arkansas was probably already thinking about Ole Miss last week, knowing that its number one goal against Georgia was to come out of that game healthy and, as Pittman said this week, not allow Georgia to beat us twice. That's what I think that Pittman probably understood. I think this Arkansas team's in a better spot against Ole Miss on Saturday than the Rebels probably are because if Kiffin was talking like that before the game, then he may have been talking that week during practice. The idea they were going to go to Alabama, even if they didn't win the game, score a bunch of points and put on a show, if that's what he had the Rebels believing in practice last week, huge spot for deflation here even being back at home. I like Arkansas plus the six against Ole Miss. Quickly, uh, Florida's minus 38.5 against Vanderbilt. I don't know how high the line would have to be to get me to consider the Commodores, but 38.5 ain't close to that. I'll take Florida there. Tennessee, one of the teams I've been the most wrong about thus far this season, back at home after blasting Missouri a week ago on the road, now 10.5-point favorite against South Carolina. They've got the uh, new black uniforms. At one point in time, they were even thinking about trying to wear a black helmet. I've been told they weren't able to get the black helmet delivered in time, so they're bringing out the alternate uniform for all of this you know before the season started i didn't think tennessee was very good i'm not changing my mind yet i'll take the gamecocks plus the ten and a half kentucky hosts lsu lsu is reeling commonwealth stadium could be a tough spot for there wildcats minus three seem like the play alabama going to texas a&m of course a&m's a 17 and a half point home underdog there bama eight and six in its last 14 games on the road uh, in SEC play, obviously has a favorite in all of those, but seven and two against the spread on the road in games played October 9th or later, which is the date of this Saturday's game. There is a spot on the calendar where Alabama seems to flip a switch. It is about this spot, and I think Bama's flipping that switch going into the weekend. Of uh, the two big national games, Iowa's a two-point favorite at home against Penn State. Oklahoma, Texas at the State Fair there with the Longhorns getting three and a half. I think those are both fun games. I guess I'll take both the favorites there in that spot. We'll make that your BetUS best bets. Check out the uh, promo code DN125 at BetUS.com for a lot more on that. Let's also get ready to roll in here and talk to the great former Georgia running back. He is uh, Veron Haynes, a terrific, terrific figure around this program and uh, somebody that obviously even after all these years still has great affection for those Georgia Bulldogs. Veron, we appreciate your time here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp. And we actually don't have Veron ready to go yet. All right, we'll try to get uh, Veron uh, squared away and we'll get that up and running in just a moment. While I'm getting ready to say hello to Veron Haynes, let me also give a quick shout out to my friends at uh, Marco's Pizza here for a moment too. Obviously, this is the time of weekend you start thinking a lot about football pro game on Thursday night. You roll into high school football with us on Peachtree TV on Friday. Obviously, the college guys on Saturday. The pro guys back again on Sunday. A great chance to be thinking about all of that, and a terrific time to be thinking about Marco's Pizza as you do. Whether that's it's that golden crust perfectly baked each and every time to that golden brown each and every time on that or those three melty cheeses on top with each other there as well the old world toppings all of that from our friends at marco's pizza you get a uh, chance to enjoy that each and every day and great savings there as well you can currently get a large one topping pizza right now for just $9.99 that's $9.99 at uh, marco's pizza find them online marcospizza.com use the marco's app take advantage of great savings there with our friends at marco's pizza marco's pizza pizza lovers get it you can get some for yourself here this weekend when you check out marcos.com or the marcos app so we'll get a uh, veron haynes coming up here in just a moment we'll find out everything uh that he's got going uh obviously looking back on 20 years of the hobnail boot game looking at his uh son the terrific 2023 running back justice haynes for blessed trinity we're going to have bt and uh calhoun and this is a fun calhoun team to watch there as well obviously cole spear the uh, wide receiver, the UGA commit on the side there for the uh, Yellow Jacket. So a fun game on TV, Petrie TV Friday night. And a lot to say with Veron Haynes, the former Georgia running back. He's ready to go for us right now. So we'll say hello to him here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. Veron, we're big friends of yours and have been for a long time. And it's great to have you back here on our program again. Hope you're doing really well. 
I am. I am. Good morning, and thanks for having me on. So before we get into everything that's going on with you and obviously looking back on a great moment in Georgia history, what do you think about this team right now? How much fun are you having watching this version of the Georgia Bulldogs and what they've been able to do through five games of the 2021 season? Really kind of a championship look from this team thus far. What have you seen from them? Like everyone else, I'm in awe. I'm, I'm really ecstatic about how they are flying around to the ball, that defense as we well know and have seen for five games now, has been the anchor, I think, of the team and is setting the tone both both for the offense and the defense. I mean, they come out with an energy, and it was uh, uh, that's beyond measures, but it was fun to see that the offensive line took that to heart too and started really pounding them last week and played off that energy as well. As a guy who played in a lot of rivalry games at Georgia, had success in a lot of those games, how you know how much more juice is there for a game like this Saturday against Auburn? You're going into a hostile stadium. You know the crowd's going to be loud. You have people talking to you about the Georgia-Auburn game all year long, I'm sure. Obviously, fans really want to win a game like this. How much more do these rivalry games mean to, to guys like you who put that uniform on and had the silver britches on and you know went into these tough stadiums? What does it mean to the guys who will play in this game on Saturday? I think each one of these uh, rival games uh, is, 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 in a sense, uh, 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 a game within the game, right? I, I say that because the magnitude of it, a set aside alone, is, is, is enough to get your boil, your, your, your blood running and, and, and bubbling. But what I am impressed of this year is Kirby has gotten the guys to be focused on the task at hand. His message yeah. coming throughout week to week has been spot on, and they have not looked past what 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 this week beholds, and has played up, and if not in in, in my opinion, above beyond their approach. No, I think that's absolutely right. Uh, obviously, it's twenty years ago this week that your terrific moment in 2001 happened, the hobnail boot game, as it would become to be known. But a win for Georgia on the road against top 10 Tennessee team, it was a thrilling moment for those of us who experienced it. And obviously you've given so many interviews on over the years about that game. I guess I'm curious, do you ever get tired of talking about it? Do you ever get tired of, uh, of looking back on that moment? Because I can say this, the fans themselves never seemingly get tired of looking back on it, but you've done a, a million interviews about it over the years. Does it ever become one of those things where it's like, oh, we're going to talk about this again? No, 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 man. Listen, let me tell you something. You have one of the most uh, uh, legendary voices make a call that he didn't particularly know what he had did that day. Cause <laughs> right. Because the, the, as the funny story goes, I only share this with when I'm golfing usually, but um, <laughs> Larry Munson is, is, is getting interviewed in the locker room by CBS after the game. And they first words out of their mouth was, hey, Mr. Munson, what? By, what is a hobnail? By the way, what is a hobnail boot? And he's smoking his cigar, and he's like, "The hell if I know." <laughs> <laughs> on national radio, I mean, it, uh, on on TV, it was epic. You had to be there, but he didn't even know what a hobnail boot was. Wow. But that was the, uh, the 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 mind and and how far ahead he was. He was made for that, you know. And I think he put everybody in the stadium when they listened to him on the radio commentating, but also he made stuff household names. And that play became a household name because of that legend, Larry Munson. So all these years later, every time I see any football game where there's a fake handoff to the running back and then the running back turns around, becomes receiver, catches the football. All these years later, that still to me is P44 Haynes, right? That's always what it's going to be every time I, I, I see that in the game. I was thinking about this before you came on the show today. Had y'all run that play prior to this that season, or was that the first time in your memory that y'all had called that specific play there at the goal line leading to that win against the Vols? No. So, B, get this. So, Coach, remember, it's uh, Coach Rick's first year there. Right. And we had ran a multitude of plays uh, in, the, in the spring. We had put in a package. But after training camp, we 
playbook gets condensed sure. week to week, right? And then you, you there's some variations of it. But we had that wasn't even in our script, nor was it even in 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 in, in had it been ran since since training camp. So that was you know fortitude for Mark Rick to even call that and saw what it was going to do, mind you. Um, where we, we call the timeout and we're down there on the sidelines. And he told Green, who was a, fr- a freshman, a redshirt freshman That's at right. the time, hey, you'll know right away if they're giving us the look. It'll be open. He says they'll be in quarters, which is, you know, safeties over the top of the wide receivers. Right. Middle field is wide open. And we had been having success all day running the football up the middle. Why in the hell they thought we were going to run straight up the middle and the <laughs> linebacker bit so bad? In, 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 in my opinion, that was the perfect call at the right time. But they did. They gave us the look that we was looking for, and David and his cadence actually tells me that. You know, I'm, I'm a fullback. What the hell do I know about reading defenses at the time? Until <laughs> I got to the next level, right? Right, right. So he, he goes, blue 34, blue 34, quarters beat. And at that time, I'm freaking shaking in my boots. I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be wide open, right? Because I know it's coming to me. And boom, lo and behold, thank God I caught it. And I was in the penthouse, not the outhouse that day. Boy, it's a great story. pin drop and sit in and Neil Stadium that day. Uh, such a great story. You tell it so well. And I was thinking about this. We'll finish with this. It's been a couple of years since we've had you on. And I remember the last time we had you on, right at the end of the interview, I'm like, hey, y'all better be be aware. Uh, Veron's got a, a good-looking uh, you know, young son. I think at the time he was only a freshman in high school. And like, you know, this is going to be a name we're talking about here in a couple of years in the recruiting trail. And back then he seemed so young and it seemed so far away. And now here we are, you know, one of the top members of the 2023 class and all the things that seem like were going to be a possibility for justice back then have, have come to pass here. We're going to feature him on TV on Friday night in a great game between Blessed Trinity and Calhoun. What's this ride been like the last couple of years, especially for somebody like you who obviously, as you said, you played in the NFL, you had a great career at Georgia. You kind of really know the path of uh, that, that football players take and now be able to use that wisdom gain from experience and be able to give that to your son as he travels a, a similar path himself. Obviously, a lot of Georgia fans hope eventually that you know he chooses UGA, but wherever he goes, you know, for, you know, for someone like uh, you to be able to kind of guide your son through this process, what's it been like to now not be the player but be the spectator for your own son as he gets his turn? Oh, man, it's been fun to watch. He's done a marvelous job of doing all the little things. And what people don't see is his, the behind-the-scenes work that he puts yeah. in to, to obtain that level of success. But honestly, to tell you the truth, be like any other father – I am just a dad. You know, I give sparing advice from time to time. You know, we do do commonality stuff as far as he'll call me before the game and I would give him some reminders with their prayers, all that stuff. But honestly, you could tell him something and he'll probably listen to you a lot quicker. <laughs> just like any other parent, man. I'm I know like, what you what mean by that. I know, right? I know so what I've you mean. How to, I've learned how to interject suddenly. Suddenly, like I, I don't, I don't, I don't overdo it. I just let him uh, do it because he, 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 he has been doing running back for many years, and honestly, he's just a complete back in my opinion. Where I was kind of a tweener, he's definitely a running back. So I just, you know, give him advice from afar. Well, I'll tell you this, you know, getting ready to do this game on Petrie TV on Friday, you know, we're always trying to do our due diligence and learn everything we can about these players. And I tell you, behind the scenes, the stuff that gets said about justice is so complimentary for a lot of things that you pointed out there. You know, the tireless work ethic, you know, the the, the desire to really put in the effort to be the best version of himself he possibly can be. So, you know, as a dad to a dad here, I've got my own young children and you in the spot right now, you should just know that people are saying very good things about justice behind the scenes. And I know that much make you proud it would certainly make me proud that's, to hear that kind of stuff yes sir that's the important part and that's that's the compliment that i that 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 goes beyond football so thank you thank well, you for that 
Varon, thank you so much for being here. Obviously, we have great memories of your career, and you are so good about telling those stories, and your insight on this current team, really valuable there as well. Appreciate being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Thrive here today, and hope we get a chance to have this conversation again very soon. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Terrific stuff there. Veron Haynes, the great former Georgia running back, a part of one of the most special moments in UGA history. I was lucky enough to be in Neyland Stadium there that day, and I'll remember it forever. And I am so happy that Veron enjoys telling those stories the way that he does because it makes a look back on something like that so much fun to do. And, y'all, if you haven't seen Justice Haynes, this Friday night, Peachtree TV, going to be a great way to do that. Uh, obviously, on the other side for Calhoun, first of all, this is a Calhoun team that's really good offensively. Um, you know, they got Cole Spear, who's a Georgia wide receiver commit, but there's another, you know, good receiver in this team going to Air Force. So there's like a tandem of really good receivers. They've moved the football really all season long. Obviously, what Justice Haynes has done has been well documented. This is one of the big targets for Georgia in the class of 2023. We've had some great games on Petri TV and streaming at CBS46.com this year, but I don't know that any game that we've done has had quite the Georgia flair that this one's going to have, both in terms of a guy that you know Georgia's getting in Spear, but also a guy that you hope George is getting with Haynes when it comes to the class of 2023 and they're going to both be featured in a huge huge way on Friday night this is a really fun game every time we go to Blessed Trinity it's always a, a great opportunity to enjoy some good high school football because they always roll out the red carpet and they're just you know you know just great great uh, members of our high school football community and Calhoun travels over there on Friday man it's gonna be a good game before we head over to the Plains on Saturday so we'll see you Friday night on TV Petrie TV and streaming at CBS46.com. That means if you're outside the Atlanta television footprint, you can watch it streaming CBS46.com. Justice Haynes, the son of Veron Haynes, the former Georgia running back, showing you why all of Dog Nation certainly hopes that Haynes ends up being a part of the Dogs 2023 class. All right, so that was really fun. Uh, good stuff from Terrence Edwards. Good stuff from Veron Haynes. Always nice to catch up with some former dogs here on the program. A little Georgia-Auburn talk kind of squeezed in between all of that. I would say we covered a lot of bases here today. But the show would not be complete if we didn't do a Gator-Hater roll call and do a Golden Shoe giveaway. Uh, we've had, oh boy, it's been a tough week for Dan Mullen. If you watched yesterday on SEC Country Live, um, you know Mullen really got beat up a little bit on that show just for some of the post-game antics after the game against Kentucky. A little bit of a nonchalant maybe coming from Gainesville through all of that, but... Uh, our buddy Mad Dog, uh, the latest to take Mullen to task here. Here's his tweet. He says, you know, the pressure's on you when you thought, thought of playing Vanderbilt makes you want to sweat. and <laughs> You've got the sweat rolling down Mullen's face. The Vanderbilt logo and the thought bubble. I don't quite know that Florida's in trouble against Vanderbilt, but this is a very funny image for Mad Dog nonetheless. We'll make him the golden shoe winner. Remind you with our Gatorator countdown to 23 days from right now dogs get some revenge against those gators we'll see you tomorrow big friday show for us dog nation daily presented by merriweather and tharp and on the podcast coming off the rs andrews podcast cool down we talked about danny cannell on yesterday's show and our comment section is uh roasting cannell pretty good here <laughs> sick dogs uh on the comment section says he's a florida state domino cannell is a joke uh he still thinks florida state's a winner too so um, one Sikkim Dogs one not too happy with Cannell. Mobile Dog says Danny Cannell is a, quote, legend in his own mind, quite arrogant, self-appointed expert in all fields. He says decent college quarterback, but a bust in the NFL, and for an SEC fan, a total turnoff. If you've ever heard a song called The Critic by Toby Key, that's Danny. If he had any marketing intelligence whatsoever, he would realize that his value would go up significantly if he showed a little love to the largest, most passionate fan base in the nation, the SEC. Maybe so, but Mobile, I, I also kind of think there's, there's a decent amount of value in being the villain there too, right? It's like, I mean, there are a lot of people trying to be the former quarterback turned analyst, and most of them say pretty unremarkable things. So, I mean, I totally believe that the stuff that Cannell does is nothing but shtick. Totally, totally agree with all that. But I don't think the anti-SEC shtick is quite so bad. And, you know, uh, I think for a while you had a couple guys trying to do that, like maybe Joel Klatt was trying to do that for a while too. You know, some other type guys i think cannell probably does the anti-sec thing about as well as anybody does and you know luke skywalker is only great because darth vader is a great villain and sometimes you gotta have the 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 great villain to kind of make you feel good about your heroes and proving guys like cannell wrong i think for the most part's kind of fun on all that uh bd bdw 3184 also checks in to say that danny cannell is an acc tool enough said so pretty harsh treatment there for canal and as i said on yesterday's show 
whether the conversation is generated by what somebody calls an ACC tool or whatever else, it is going to be important to have that debate because continuing to argue for why Georgia is head and shoulders above everybody in the country, maybe besides Alabama, is going to be really important. In the playoff era, we've had at least two teams that not only played their way into a national championship, but they also argued their way into that too. Remember, Ohio State in 2014 lost early to Virginia Tech. Some people thought, well, that's it for them. They're not going to make the college football playoff. But yet later on in the season, when it was one loss Ohio State in comparison to one loss uh, Baylor or one loss TCU, suddenly Ohio State won that argument and then put themselves in position to then win the national championship on the field. Alabama did the same thing in 2017. It was a harsh, harsh, intense argument between the Buckeyes of Ohio State and the Alabama Crimson Tide there at the time. Alabama won the argument, even though they hadn't won the SEC and eventually won the national championship on the field. Sometimes in college football, it's not about just what you do between the white lines. It's also about what you do on the Internet and what you do in the boardrooms and what you do in the debate halls. And in college football, that's still a part of it. So getting ready to argue for the dogs may be something that all of us have to get pretty comfortable doing as a way of hopefully trying to influence this discussion as it moves through the next few months, assuming that Georgia obviously keeps winning you know, around all of that there too. So really good stuff. I'm going to have to bounce out of here a little early for our R.S. Andrews uh, podcast cool down today. We've got a busy, busy day here around Dog Nation. So let me say goodbye to y'all for now and remind you to find us online or find R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. They'll show up on time. They'll do the work that's promised for the price that's promised. It's R.S. Andrews. You can also see Go With The Flow presented by R.S. Andrews and the Dog Nation video channels on Friday. A chance to follow Dari Payro from R.S. Andrews and the entire Dog Nation team as we make our picks for the big games for the upcoming weekend. That'll be a lot of fun. Of course, back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp. Folks, we'll look forward to talking to you then.